Broken trust can be healed, but it's not just time that's going to heal it. You need clear guidance about what to do and what not to do. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I've developed a free video course called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This course will show you what's needed to begin healing after betrayal. I offer guidance for the betrayed partner as well as the partner who broke the trust. You can access it for free right now by clicking the link in the show notes. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, From Crisis to Connection. Each week on this podcast, my guests and I will give you and your loved ones resources and tools to heal from the crises of infidelity, pornography, abusive behaviors, and betrayal trauma. But we also talk about how to build and maintain healthy connection in your most important relationships. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad you're here. If you're feeling a little bit burned out, I want you to know you're not alone. I think we're all feeling a lot more tense in the last year, year and a half, certainly with COVID, but also just there's so much polarization going on in political discussions and there's money issues and world events and all kinds of things that are just raising the collective temperature and everybody's just a lot more tense and struggling. I see it all the time in my practice, of course, in my personal life and in the world at large. And a lot of the solutions that we reflexively turn to to deal with stress and burnout don't seem to be getting the job done, right? It just doesn't seem like we can have enough vacations or enough you know, naps or bubble baths to sort of help us deal with all of this. As good as those things are, we've got to do deeper work. And I am so excited to bring to you my guest, Valerie Hammaker. She's a licensed therapist and she does a lot of work in this area. In fact, has just opened up a community called Generation Exhausted to help out people that are just feeling so burned out and want to do the deeper work around what really is causing the burnout. And Valerie's going to talk a lot more about this, but uh, really quickly, she has extensive training and clinical experience in doing family systems work, childhood trauma, sexual health, sex addiction treatment, recovery work, play therapy, attachment work. I mean, she's just done some great stuff. And I just love her voice. I love the things she talks about. She's got her own podcast as well. And I'll put links to all that in the show notes here. But our discussion really goes beyond just the standard solutions for burnout. So I think you'll really enjoy this. There's a lot of twists and turns and layers and things that we get into in here. So it's just a great discussion. And I hope you'll hang out for the whole time here because there's so many good gems, especially at the end of it. We really hit on some important points around addiction and affairs and other kinds of things and how to deal with those from a developmental perspective. So just some really powerful, life-changing stuff. Okay, let me jump in now and let's talk about burnout with my guest, Valerie Hammaker. Well, Valerie, thanks for being on the podcast. Welcome. Hi, it's good to be here, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's fun to be on, have you on the podcast. I was on your podcast last time and had a great talk with you on boundaries and whatnot. So Yes, lots of good feedback on that. Enabling behavior. It's come up many times what we what we talked about. So it was love good times. it. Love it. So let's talk about burnout. I, I think that I know this is a topic you're doing a lot of stuff on right now. And I've been kind of seeing some of the stuff you've been writing and it's pretty yeah. exciting. And and what I love is is I know you you talk about it a little bit differently than maybe how it gets talked about traditionally around just trying to like go to the go to the Bahamas or uh, take a bubble bath or whatever, you know, which is kind of what we sort of all instinctively do when we feel stressed out and tired. We sort of just put on these 
I guess, topical or superficial remedies that they work definitely, but they don't they don't really work long term. So right, right. So to me, it feels Jeff like what has inspired me to do this is I think with the COVID nineteen pandemic burnout is pervasive. Yes. And furthermore, I think in some ways what it has done more so than anything is it has exposed problems that have always been there, Mm. but we have always sort of grabbed the external solutions. Let's just go do something different or let's go on a vacation. All of a sudden there are no more vacations. As a matter of fact, you know, we can't even oftentimes, uh, you know, get a vacation from those people in our home that we're (laughs) (laughs) we love, but we're all working like on top of each other and the kids have been home. And so there's, it's really, in some ways, I think, uh, exposed a crisis that has always been internal. And yeah. now it's just, it's become more uh, talked about because we are suffering on the inside and the regular coping mechanisms are no longer holding. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah, I think COVID has definitely smoked out a lot of things that we've all had the luxury of ignoring. Um, right. I see it with a lot of couples that are yeah. coming in that uh, have almost sort of been forced into a retirement practice, you know, where they're doing kind of a test run for what it's like to be around each other all the time or parent-child things. And so burnout, which is really being with ourselves, we can't escape ourselves anymore. And that's a good thing though. Well, I think you're right. And I think that's the thing that makes this so important to talk about, which is this idea that burnout or even sometimes called midlife crisis is more so about getting in contact with one's inner divine the idea that we are, we know there's something within us that knows why we're here, what we're to do that is unique and beautiful in this life. And burnout is just the product of, or the symptoms that come up when we're not following that thing. And we've lost so much touch with it that we no longer can kind of go on. The symptoms are just too loud. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love what you just said there. The symptoms are too loud. We're we're not, we've not been making contact with it. And it's in some ways asking us to. Amen. It's like knocking on the door. (laughs) Yes. And I love, thank you for saying that because exactly so many times we're like, oh my gosh, people come in, you know, I'm sure they come into your clinic as well as they do mine. It's like, make this stop. And I'm kind of like, well, hold on, hold on. What's it saying? Listen to it. Yeah. Right. Like the body is speaking to us. Yeah. The relationship and the feedback and and welcome as it oftentimes is (laughs) the partner is speaking to us. You know, there is something going on that is trying to get our attention. And so rather than sort of making it stop or making it go away, let's get curious because oftentimes the answer is held within. The answer is in the feedback that we're getting from the body, from the spirit, from sometimes even one's partner. And to listen to that is, in fact, the healing of burnout. Oh, I love it. And going, you know, backing up even just a minute, like, you know, the the name of the podcast, of course, is from crisis to connection. And I can't think of a better way to describe the process of really integrating the lessons and the voice of, of what are, mm-hmm. like you said, our inner divine or what, what this burnout yeah. sort of crisis is trying to do. It's trying yes. to connect us back to ourselves yes, and then back to other people in a different way, in a healthy way, in a more honest way. Yeah. And that crisis, that crisis can obviously come from somebody else's choices yeah. in the form of betrayal, betrayal trauma. And it can also, of course, come from just the betrayal of self of ignore mm. of ignoring our own you know our own direction our own inner voice some would say the spirit or just our identity and these things yes. that just really get pushed down ignored and i think that that creates a crisis that one takes a little longer to flare up though 
You know, yes. And I think to speak into that a little bit, Jeff, one who is so cool. I just literally within that, you know, maybe an hour or two ago, I was reading something and I posted it on Instagram. It's the idea of crisis is very much misunderstood. We really take crisis to mean it's got a very negative connotation, but crisis in a way, or at least the way I think about it is it's a, it's a point where we have a choice. In other words, something has happened and we're at a crossroads. Yes. And we're vulnerable, but we are in a place where we make choices that either bring about great amounts of growth and transformation, or we can sort of stagnate. But the crisis itself is something that should wake us up and awaken within us the best that was it, the best that is within us. And I really, as I, I read that, it really resonated with me because people come in again saying, I'm in crisis. And they're not wrong, but sometimes there's only one way to grow, and that's to step into what is going on and what choices do I have now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think when we're and when we're just going along and everything's going our way and everything's just familiar and comfortable, we're definitely not being invited to look yeah. at anything differently or to you know, like you said, there's no stretching, no growing, and so sometimes we'll put ourselves in those situations and take on a challenge, you know, some kind of a, a new opportunity or. But, you know, we still at that point are sort of controlling or pulling all the levers in ways that we understand. Right. And we, you know, we're, we're still in some ways monitoring our own comfort the whole time where yes. another unwelcome or unexpected crisis is to me is where the real growth happens. I've, right. Which I, th- yeah. I yeah. Amen. And, and I think to, to that end, that's what COVID has done is yeah. something that, I mean, we could not have, I guess I'm speaking only for myself, but man, I could never have like imagined in my wildest dreams what changed, you know, you know, what was it, March of 2019 and what not only tailspin in some ways it brought up in me and those around me and, and yet also how I have grown and how I have adapted and changed. Mm-hmm. And it is something that I think is just, it's an idea that we all have to sort of lean into in relationships too. Like you're speaking of this idea that in crisis, partnerships have choices to make. Mm-hmm. And we in crisis is sometimes also are brought about by the exposure of information that we either didn't have before or we didn't want to know. And now we know. Mm-hmm. And so now we have to make choices. That's right. Yeah. And so let's talk about, you know, just to kind of, I guess, sort of organize us a bit, if, if, if it's okay. I, I think that, yeah. I think it's, for me, it's, it, it's helpful just to talk about the journey of the crisis, regardless of where it comes from. Do, for, in your experience, are the mm-hmm. principles the same, whether it's, from somebody's, un, you know, somebody betraying us or COVID, which is sort of like a world, you know, crisis right. um, yeah. or, or something like that. Are the principles of what we're t- what you're talking about as far as dealing with this burnout, dealing with the crisis, dealing with all this, this awakening, are those principles crossing over regardless of the source of it? Yeah, I love that question, Jeff. To that, I think the way I like to think about that is once again, I, I always begin by remembering for myself and for those that I work with that we are divine and that there's something deep within us that knows how to heal. And that most of the time we've lost access to that thing, but there is wisdom, there is truth, there is healing already embedded deeply within us. And so when crisis comes to me, it's about finding access to that inner wisdom, the soul, the true self, the inner divine, there are all sorts of names for it, but to recognize that whether it comes from the betrayal of a partner or a world pandemic or cancer or whatever that thing is, that if we can peel off the layers of what we thought 
life was supposed to be based on expectations of others and sort of our false self and all of these, you know, the stuff on top that we layer onto our lives that then brings us to crisis. If we can kind of peel those things back and actually recognize that, that we have the answers within, that peace is within, that we can be okay, even despite things not going our way. That to me is sort of ground zero of Mm. healing from crisis is to recognize how very resourced we always have been, but that most of the time we hand over our power to other entities, other people, you know, even, even our partners, like I'm okay if you are this kind of human being and I'm not okay if you're not. Well, you know, I think we've been socialized to believe that that's a pretty good belief. It's absolutely not a good belief because we want to trust and we hope to trust. But if we put all of our eggs in that basket and we don't actually lean on the inner truths that we are okay, independent of what anything, you know, anything that happens out there, then we, that's the thing that makes the crisis happen is it's this sort of misunderstanding of our already enoughness before the crisis. Does that oh, make sense? Oh, yeah. So much there. So much there. Okay. I'm going to take a piece <laughs> of that because yeah. I'm thinking about that delicate balance that I see so much in couples and I see to my own marriage yeah. of, you know, in order for a marriage, let's say long-term committed relationship marriage for it to really work, you have to be all in. You have to, yeah. you know, allow yourself to attach and to be dependent yeah. and connected and and allow that person to you know co-regulate you and you're just working together to sort of and it, there's a thrill in that i think sue johnson talks about it that that when that attachment is working correctly when it's secure and safe there's a thrill in that mm-hmm. because somebody really has your back sees you and we just crave that and love that but i also agree with what you're saying that for this to really be balanced correctly we also have to make sure that we maintain our own wisdom, our own clarity, our own self, our own independence. And I know in, in the attachment theory, attachment literature, it basically says you can only be as independent, right? You, your independence grows out of a secure dependency. So I would say that starts with God, that starts with a divine mm-hmm. connection to that relationship that allows us to know ourselves and then be a stronger individual. And in mm-hmm. marriage, we actually become stronger individuals the more secure we feel in our relationship. Like we, it all sort of breeds more true connection to ourselves. But a lot of people make the mistake of giving that up, thinking that if I just am loved by this person, if I'm just connected to them all the time, it, like they will help me feel complete and whole. And people sing songs about it. We see it in the movies. Yeah. And it's right. just so dang seductive and it sounds so good to be taken care of like a little baby with, yeah. that's just, you know, going to be protected yes. forever. But, you know, people make mistakes and people can do rude things and, and really betray and hurt. And you've got to have yourself to guide and sort through what's true and what's really happening. I mean, am I, are you yes. following me on that? I am. I am. And I love that because what you're speaking to, I think about all the time, which is we come by our misunderstanding of healthy relationships so honestly. I mean, you can't turn the radio on, but there are, you know, 200 top 40 songs that really instill in us a misunderstanding of what healthy relationship is. I kind of call it that. I kind of call the air supply phenomenon, right? Like I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. I don't know. I'm a kid of the 80s. (laughs) I love that song, right? Um, But I mean, in my mind, I think about like sometimes marriage can be a relationship that we use to mutually stay underdeveloped as human beings. Yeah. It's kind of a collusion, isn't it? Yes. It's a collusion of 
I am uncomfortable about this part of myself and I don't like to look at it and I'd rather you not remind me of it. And so I'm going to use this relationship to make sure that everybody knows what the rules are. And there are only so many things we can talk about. And I bump into you and you bump into me. And in some ways that's a stable that has, there's some variation of stability in there, but there's no vibrancy in there. There's no growth in there. And so as opposed to a relationship of two people that are profoundly committed to their own growth. And when a partner is committed to their own growth, they are tenacious in being the best human being that they can be inside of that marriage. And then what that breeds, Jeff, is beautiful intimacy. It breeds connection. It breeds safety. It breeds protection. All of those good things that the attachment theory speaks to, but it does so from a place of internal personal integrity, mm-hmm. not because I need you to tell me I'm okay every day. I am actually going to believe that you're going to think I'm okay because guess what? I know I'm being okay because I'm living an integrity-based life and I'm a pretty great partner to be with. Right. And it's this sort of mutual, I see it as sort of like a this a mutual appreciation that goes on that I'm so grateful for who you are trying to become in your own journey, partner that I want to be that too. And so I become more trustworthy. I become more giving. And like that's where the thrill comes in that you spoke of a moment ago. And it doesn't come from an, um, sort of an expectation or a demand. Like, I need you to do this for me to be okay. But it's more like I begin by trying to be the best version of myself. And when I do so, I hope that you will be the best version of yourself. And that doesn't always work out. But even when it doesn't, we can still look in the mirror and be like, have I been decent or am I doing the best that I can? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and, and then it creates an upward cycle of when I'm showing up in this way and when I'm also allowing myself to be vulnerable and be seen and yes. be committed and reaching and, and allowing myself to be touched by you and you're touching me. Like we're just, we're doing this dance, both the attachment and the individual integrity, like just continue to flourish and grow. And I- Precisely. I think that this is, you know, it's easier said than done. We can talk about it here in our little laboratory, and we, but we know in the trenches, probably in our own relationships, but also in our clinical setting, that this is, you know, it's, it's heart surgery. It's tough it's work. It's really, really, really hard. And I think that's what becomes challenging, right? Is that, like you, you're saying very well, is that it, it's easy, easy to say. It's easy to speak about. But I mean, you, you know, we both do a lot of couples work, right? And the idea is it's like, okay, we break these things down while they're sitting across from us, right? And then it's like, okay, how do I do it differently? Well, that's where we have to sort of like move into a moment mm-hmm. in the marriage and in the relationship where the natural man comes forward or our mm-hmm. our self at worst comes up, <laughs> right? And we want to do the thing that's self-protective or we want oh, yeah. to do the thing that is regressive, the, the person we used to be or the person like... I always go back with people into their attachment histories. Yeah. Like you came by your avoidance, honestly. You came by your anxiety, honestly. Now in this marriage, now, what can you do differently so that the marriage stays vibrant and stays awake and doesn't burn out? Because burnout is just when people use very old adaptations over and over and over again. And it just consistently doesn't work, but they don't have a better plan. They don't have a strategy. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's bring it back to the, to this burnout question. Cause I know, I know I was so interested in this whole like independence thing, but you you were saying that like one of the number one sort of responses to burnout that, you know, will help people actually grow and thrive in the crises that preceded or sort of, you know, flame mm-hmm. people out. It's really about reconnecting to that inner wisdom to, 
to that truth, that resilience, that this is not going to destroy them, that this does not have to be the end, that this is, and that's kind of the panic that I think comes up, whether it's an acute betrayal, kind of nuclear bomb, or it's just like this kind of slowly growing thing. We're all watching like a world pandemic and we're just like, am I going to survive this? Am I going to survive this? And your answer is like, well, yeah, because you're, you're eternal. Like you're, yes. Yeah. You have it in you. You're divine. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's almost in some ways like a re a shifting of paradigm, right, Jeff? Like, and I think so many times, especially if we're thinking specifically about in couples work with burnout in marriage, most of the time, I think the healing begins when we start really looking at these givens, Mm -hmm. like what is a given in your mind that you probably haven't even addressed or thought about? That's what makes it a given. Like, what is the expectation that everybody just should know? They walk into this and it's like a wife should fill in the blank. A husband should fill in the blank. Like, and most of the time, this is where like it starts going downhill. And usually it happens fairly early on where there's expectations that have been in they're embedded in us from family of origin, from culture, from church, and whatever, like whatever is going on out there. And we have sort of we we are functioning in a way that is expecting the partner to do, be, and behave in ways that maybe they don't even have the script for. They don't know what that thing is, but they're letting us down profoundly. And then the the big fear starts to be, right? Oh, I'm in the wrong relationship. I thought she was going to do and be this thing. I thought he was going to make me, you know, make all my troubles go away. Right. And so it's like, let's start deconstructing the expectations that we had in the marriage, because most of the time when we start doing that, partnerships start to wake up again. And they start to recognize that maybe they aren't as much burned out as they have been living and sleepwalking in this sort of trance married to somebody that's more an illusion of reality rather than reality itself. And that the actual person is actually maybe pretty great, but we've never actually given them that opportunity. Like we don't even have the eyes to see who they are because we are expecting them to be somebody else. Right. Because that's, that's sort of how we, you know, keep our emotional balances by having this person mm-hmm. across from us behave in ways that make sense to us and that fit, you know, the roles and, that's why and we the chose scripts. them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is it like? I'm in love with the idea of who you are versus who you are, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you affirm to me all the things I like to believe about myself. Like that, that yeah. in, in a way, I mean, I was actually joking around with one of my clients just the other day because this individual is working through this. Did I marry the wrong person? I am perpetually taken back by all the things I thought he was. He isn't. And by the way, I work with this guy. He's a really good guy. Yeah. He's just yeah. he's just different mm-hmm. than the guy that she thought she married and I even said to her and she kind of laughed and she's like I love your honesty. I said, "You know, I'm not I'm not convinced that we all don't marry some variation of a projection." Yeah, oh yeah. You know, and that's because most of the time many of us are marrying, you know, at least in our first marriages we're marrying young. And so it's a projection or an expectation of what this is supposed to look like. That inevitably, you know, you and I have been, you look around my age, I've been married 23 years. I'm not married to the, th- the guy I thought I was married to. I, I really, really like him. <laughs> I, and he's actually changed, you yeah. know, from yeah, even yeah. the guy I thought, he, you know, he, consist- he consistently changes. My wife and I joke that we've been married eight times to the same person, you know. <laughs> exactly. And so I think when we normalize yeah. that and help people to believe that, no, there isn't something going wrong. Because you're taken aback by that strange response or that he doesn't see the world in the way that either you thought he saw or maybe he even, and I think the really kind of jarring thing is, you know, we change like the way he saw the world 
is different. He used to see it that way and he's changing. And it's like, how dare you change? And it's like, but yet that's really the only thing we can and should be expecting is that all of us, in fact, do change. And that's what I think mature spirituality, mature intimacy is like, you're changing and I have to have the grace to let that be the case because I'm hoping for the same in return. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to still love you and we're going to still, you know, be on this walk together, even bearing in mind that it's scary to be with somebody who is in fact ever evolving, which is in fact what we're here to be doing, right? Yeah, that's the program. And so would you would you say in your in your experience then around this idea of burnout that in some ways our burnout is really caused by just the unwillingness to look at or embrace change? I love that. I've never actually thought about it from that perspective, but I think that's absolutely true. It's when we're forcing something, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We burn out when we are insistent that something needs to be a certain way and it consistently kind of lets us down and we aren't really pushing back against like, why does this bother me? It's like, it's around rigidity is I guess what I'm really thinking about is you are really pressuring me to think about it this way. I love that because yeah. when we, I'm really into, and I love studying like the Christian mystics and the Eastern mystics mm-hmm. and all they speak into over and over and over again is this idea of letting go. Yeah. And I mean, I think you're right. Like we burn out when we insist that something has to be a certain way for us to be okay and not digging deep into our, you know, again, our true selves, our souls to just start wondering like, why does it need to be that way? And even if I do need to manage a a very problematic partner or a problematic job, I can do so from a place of not being sort of unraveled by the situation, but I can do so from a place of calmness that I, I can work the problem without being frantic and frazzled and having it like overcome and overtake me emotionally. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I remember when I was in college, President Gordon B. Hinckley, who was president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints at that time, for those of you who may not know who that is, but I remember him speaking. And at the time he was in his, you know, he was in his late eighties, early nineties. And so this, of course, this person's like a total sage, right? I mean, has like decades yeah. and decades ahead of me experience. And, and I remember one time him just sort of saying off the cuff, just like, everything's going to work out. Everything's mm-hmm. just going to work out. And I, I've really embraced that, that simplicity of just like, okay, if this guy who survived the Great Depression, World War II, and the yes. list goes on and who knows how many disappointments, and then dealing at a very high level with probably the worst of human behavior, yes. leading a global church, and he's able to say things are going to work out, I think I can chill out with this car accident. I think I can chill out with my son or my daughter not turning out the way that I had hoped or how you know they, people might judge me because of this or that or job changes or betrayals or I just think that like the burnout, I know in my own life, when I feel like I'm burning out, it's because I'm not speaking up. I'm I'm resisting change. I'm not willing to look at myself. The list goes on. Like there's a resistance. There's like a stubbornness. There's like a I'm not like sort of embracing and trusting that everything's gonna be okay. And I'm gonna yes. I'm the resources and solutions are in me, around me, that they'll come. That's been my experience. I I think that's really beautiful. And I think your example is a good one because I think those who have who have the responsibilities of the gentleman that you're referring to, it's almost a survival tactic that they have to adopt, or they would not (laughs) they would not be able to do the work that they do. And one of the people that I really listen to and love is a man by the name of Michael Singer. And he always talks about this idea that like you and I are standing on a piece of dirt in the middle of a universe that's swirling around and there's billions and billions of stars. And why is it that you're worried about, you know, a stain on your pants or is it on your face? Right. (laughs) And, and it's like such a good perspective giver, 
you know, and I think it even we could expand it because he taught that the idea that he talks about is that, yeah, we get worried about things like that. Like I shouldn't have said that we walk away from I like, oh, that was so dumb. You know, I may get off this call and go, gosh, I wish I hadn't said that to Jeff. Right. Like I feel dumb. Right. Or I can be like, you know what? It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And so right. if you get good at sort of metabolizing the small stuff, then let's say the worst thing happens, like something really big happens that is in fact deserving of a lot of, you know, like let's say the betrayal does happen and we did nothing wrong and we were living in our integrity and all the things we need to work the problem. And it is in fact a big deal. And yet we have cultivated an inner space of calm. Once again, back to the true self, the quiet witnessing self that says, I am in fact, okay. I can do this thing. I've been practicing calm submission, letting go with the little things. And so I can do the big things. I can work the problem. I can decide if in fact I need to, I can stay or I need to go, or I need to do this thing. The problem is worked, but the question is, can we do it from an internal place of wisdom from an internal place of solidity and calm Mm -hmm. and burnout recovery is not about, Oh, nothing is going to happen to you ever again. Right. Things keep happening. Kids keep doing the crazy things. Partners live their own lives. Like things happen. Crisis comes. But burnout is about getting in contact and becoming a solid soul. And then we're able to manage these struggles from a place of high energy where nothing can actually knock us down because it's like we have built these muscles of internal solidity at an identity level. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it, so to me, it's kind of two things are happening as you're describing this. It's it's just tapping into the part of us that doesn't need any work, which is our divinity. It's already there. It's already there. It's built in. It's factory loaded. And then there's just the the experiential component of us practicing in small ways every day, having reflexes to say, okay, like I just got betrayed or I just discovered this horrible thing or my kid just did this or I just got fired or someone, you know, you know, embarrassed me or whatever. And I'm going to have to work a process, but it's just mm-hmm. going to be the exact same thing I've been doing with all the other little tiny things that I've surrendered and not freaked out about it. This one just may take longer, but I'll just do this over and over again as I work through it with grace, but being driven by it. the confidence and the, and the stability of that divinity inside of me. Yeah. You got it. That's exactly. Beautiful. I couldn't. I couldn't say it better, Jeff. I couldn't say it better. It's like I love that you said it was factory loaded, <laughs> because <laughs> I see that re- the work that I do is yeah. we are going to the hard drive. Like we yeah. can fix, we can work the depression, we can work the addiction, we can work the relationship, or we can start in, in the basement. We can start with the way we were formed and really cultivate a relationship with that already strong part. And then utilize that strength to then work the other problems. Yeah, that's the fuel. I've probably shared this on the on the podcast. I think I did about my wife's uncle when he was dying from cancer, and he he passed away a few years ago. But we visited with him about uh, I don't know months before he passed, and he sat up in his chair, and uh, he was just full of cancer. You could see it on his body; it was just mm-hmm. really painful and awful. But but in that, he just looked at us, and this is a guy that had lived a life picking fights with everybody. And Mm. he was an attorney and he just, he never married, never had kids. He just lived a life where he just was hard charging and just really animated character, but just really was, you know, just a tough character on on a lot of people, but then had this incredible awakening when he got cancer. Oh, wow. And just became so soft, so loving. And he had had these, 
he called them visions. Like he just had had this awareness and had had moments in his sleep and just in between mm. sleep where he all of a sudden could see himself from the bigger perspective. He was kind of in and out of places. And, and at the core, he just sat up and looked at us and just, we'd never heard him spoken this way because he was just such a, such a polarizing person, right? And so, yeah. and, and all of a sudden he's very soft and he's looking at it. He says, Jeff and Jody, he says, nobody can do anything to us because we're made of light. We are indestructible. Mm. He's like, oh, wow. he's like, nothing can happen to us. Like literally nobody can hurt us ever because we're made of light. Give me chills. Right? I mean, he had this clarity and I've drawn on that so many times when I feel small or I feel scared or I feel like somebody's going to win or overpower me or, or I'm going to lose this or that or my kid, whatever. And I just, I draw on Uncle Kenny's wisdom that he tapped into as he was really crossing over and just said, hey guys, you got nothing to worry about. You're a being of light and you're totally bulletproof. Like honestly, mm -hmm. nothing can destroy you. You're made of light, of matter. Like nobody can take that away from you. I'm like, wow. okay, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, that'll prevent wow. some burnout, right? <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful, Jeff. The thing that kind of comes up for me as you share that, and thank you for sharing that. I'm so touched by what you're saying because yeah. it's, it's such a testimony to the fact that I think that's what burnout is. It's, it's a call yeah. to action. It's a call to like, we mm -hmm. most often are, in, are, we learn most sadly enough through suffering. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I mean, that's just how we're crafted. It's not always, it's not mandatory, but most of the time burnout's just a, it's a fancy way of speaking of we're suffering. We're in pain. Yeah. Time for a and lesson. So it's, yes. Yes. It's time for a lesson. It's time to learn something yep. deep and good that is going to, or can become transformative. And I think the, the thing that's beautiful about what you're speaking to in a great way, you know, like I love the, the story here at the end is that it reminded me of a book of uh, a scripture that I was just reading this morning which is, I'm, I think it's in the Roman, Romans, but I'm not going to quote the scripture because I might get it wrong. But it's, if God is with us, then who can be against us? Yeah, there you go. And the inner divine is just our connection to God. Mm -hmm. And so if we know and we have this conduit to the divine because we are awake to who we are, which is children of the divine, then everything is actually going to always be okay. There's nothing to worry about. I know that's really hard and we have to wake up every morning and start the process over of the realization of that. But I tell you, it's true. And your uncle, he knew it. He mm -hmm. had to go through a lot. Clearly, you know, he had a lot of layers to overcome, yeah. but he, at the end of the day, was speaking into eternal truth right there. Yeah. And it's always, yeah. it's all of us can kind of get there. It's more of a, it's just a process though, right? Yeah. And I don't, and I don't think that you're trying to minimize what all of us have to go through. Cause I don't think you're sitting here comfortable in your little office acting like no. you're somehow insulated from these same lessons. No. I think you're just saying, no, this is what I would, I would tap into this exact same wisdom. It's what um, I do every day. I right. mean, you may see tears in my eyes because you're still, is that I was in a session three hours ago about me, you know, <laughs> speaking to a therapist because I am going through the same journey myself on the daily. Exactly. I speak, I speak from very real experience. And I, I'm a firm believer that therapists are not, none of us ride for free. No. We're just wrapping <laughs> words around the suffering of the human condition, right? That's all we're doing. We're not, we're not be above and beyond it in the least. Oh, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. I say the same thing. I'm like, uh, no, I don't get a free pass. 
No. No, I just know what I'm doing when I'm screwing up. <laughs> right. Yeah. In some ways it's like, oh boy, I should know better. I know, you know better we than know this. better. We do better and yet not always. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we don't, we don't. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're all living alongside everyone we're trying to help. And yes. our job is to join with people and help them sort out their experiences. And mm-hmm. we need people to do that for us as well. And so, yes, I have, I have a lot of supports in my life as well that help me get my emotional balance and get my bearings both spiritually and emotionally and relationally. And we all need that support because we get disconnected from it so easily. I believe that with all my heart. I remember uh, C.S. Lewis, I don't, he said this somewhere and I have never been able to actually find it, but he talks about every night we go to bed and the dusts of mortality fall upon us in our sleep and we wake up and have to shake it off and start all over again. So it just is a never ending process. <laughs> exactly. I know. I know. It's, that's a great way to put it. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, there are some days where the dishes are done and the kids are tucked in bed and everything's, the bank account looks good and everything just seems right. to be like put together. And we have this illusion that we got it. We're under a control. Moment. We've got it. This is a, this is a yeah. good moment. I'm like, yeah, embrace that moment. It's nice. You, yeah. you know, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And then the dust and mortality settle back and- mm-hmm. So, yeah. so yeah, so Valerie, like, you know, take the bubble bath, right? Like take the walk, enjoy some self-care, go to the Bahamas, enjoy yes. uh, some of the, the joys and pleasures of life, but also stay committed and let, let that give you the strength to do that deeper work of asking hard questions and looking at yourself and, and right, doing this kind of foundational work we're talking about, which really is what helps with the burnout. I mean, it really does alleviate us from just this wrestle and this stubbornness and the fight that really is causing so much of the suffering. Amen. Amen. And yes, I couldn't agree more, Jeff. It just, it, to me, it feels like the best way to think about this is a trip to the Bahamas is a beautiful opportunity. And my goodness, we should all take it as, <laughs> as, as often as we can. And yet come to a place internally where we know that even when we're not in the Bahamas, we have resources right here in our car, driving on the freeway on the way to Costco, that we can also be okay. Like we don't have to wait for something out there or someone out there to bring us something that we actually have access to already within, because we are in fact equipped with, you know, this inner divine that can bring peace, that can bring calm, that can bring the access to manage the things that we need to do in each of our individual lives and struggles. And that's a superpower. Oh my goodness. No kidding. Yeah, it's like that old uh, 12-step saying, right? Wherever you go, there you are. And so, I mean, I, I've i certainly been on vacation having the same panic and rumination that I've had. Oh, yeah. it's It comes right along with us. In right? my living room. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, there's nothing magical about changing the scenery. And I love what you're saying that you could have more of a more of a vacation in terms of relief by tapping into that and doing that work. And yes. letting someone, whether that's someone who's challenging you or someone who's supporting you, help you look at it. I've learned more about myself hearing feedback I did not want to hear from my oh, wife and kids, yes. right? Then, oh, yeah. Then I have somebody telling me I'm a great person, you know, and all well, those may be true. Committed. Yep. Yeah. We're highly committed to our own uh, self-deception and our own blindness, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. That's why a good, healthy relationship is so important in saying, okay, I know you love me. So what you're going to say is is going to come from a place of love, even if I don't particularly like it, right? Yeah. I, mean, I think that's that's part of it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and so in terms of burnout, you know, when I, I know people often talk about it like, oh my gosh, I'm so burned out. I got it. Like something's got to change. And usually for most of us, it's like, I got to change something outside of me. Mm-hmm. I need yep. to like 
quit my job or, and that might be the best thing. But like a lot of times we start with just kind of moving the, as they say, yeah, we just, we we just start moving the deck chairs on on the the Titanic. Titanic, Right. So we (laughs) just start rearranging things, but really the patching the hole, like looking and understanding really where the leak is. And, and so in terms of burnout, like it's just the emotional dashboard. It's really just about recognizing that it's just, like you said, there's some steam coming up from it and there's something there. Yes. And I don't know, like to me, it's, it has to be an inside job first with it's it. It's always an inside job. And I think why burnout is so closely associated with work. Well, think about it. Where are most of us spending most of our waking hours? I mean, this is not all that complicated. Uh-huh. We're, we're usually at work when we're feeling the stuff that we're feeling inside of our souls. Yeah. Right. And That's so when we're we awake. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's when we're awake. Right. And, and then we tend to move into our escape patterns in the evening time. Right. And I'm, I'm maybe oversimplifying it a little bit, but I think, you know, my point is that it's not necessarily, maybe again, it's not simple. It may be that the work needs to change, but I always encourage the people that I work with in my community and in my therapy work is like, let's go deeper. Let's go lots of layers deeper rather than just throwing out the marriage or throwing out the job or throwing out the church. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Because really oftentimes it's more about rearranging and reframing our relationship with those things and having a grown up relationship with the job, with the church, with the partner, whatever, where our personal authority is involved in having, having a little bit more of an understanding of who we are, why we got there, what we're doing in there, and why, why is it that we feel so stifled in our lives that just show up in those areas? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. That's so true. And then sort of advocating and asking, inviting our, our partner in, in, yes. in a marriage case or friendships or a, an employer or customers or whoever we're, we yes. feel like we're going to betray or maybe confuse. Just, I think it's important to advocate and ask for and, and expect people to hear and understand what's coming up for us, what we're discovering, what, like you said earlier, what we're, what we're now in contact with and be able to learn from that and, and see if they can stay with us in the journey. And in most cases, in my experience, most people are willing. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I I don't see a lot of examples. People are absolutely committed to the belief that if they do reveal this or if they, <laughs> you know, they, they start to move in this direction or even explore this or talk about it, that it will be the end of everything. And, and I just yeah. don't see that very often. I see most people are, are able to. Now, sometimes it'll be turbulent and there'll be some feelings of confusion and maybe even betrayal, especially yes. around religion or faith issues or relationship needs or other kinds of things. But if you stay in the conversation and let people into your process and you you stay really in deep integrity about what you're discovering and understanding and take it very slowly, I think most people can roll with it and absorb it. That, you know, your, yeah. your point is a really good one. And I think that's, I actually have like an eight step process. It's like an octagon of burnout recovery. And the, you're speaking of one of my steps, which is the renegotiation process is where someone wants it to work. Yeah. Right, They want the marriage to work. They want to stay in their faith tradition, even though they're now recognizing it's far more complicated, whether it be the marriage or the church or whatever. It's childhood and early, I would say, underdeveloped psychological development is black and white. Yeah, Burnout generally teaches us that we have to swim in complexity in the marriage, in mm-hmm. the church, in whatever the relationship is. And so in what you said really matters, which is as we renegotiate with these systems, I would count on it being messy. It's not going to be, and we're going to have to live outside of the validation of others. And we're going to have to stand our ground and and do so in a graceful way. 
And most of the time, as we do so in a way that's integrity based and are okay to tolerate that, yeah, we aren't the same people anymore, but we do want that relationship. And we do so with kindness and gentleness. And we're, you know, we're nice about it. <laughs> if, if it's a relationship worth holding on to, they will, they will receive that well. And of course, if they don't, and we're really living in our integrity, then that's their problem. I mean, I don't mean to sound harsh about that, but that's something that's more about them than it is about us when we're doing this growth work and we're having to renegotiate on our own terms how we do still you know, want to stay in. That's the tough part of being a real grown up is kind of how I see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, and you know, obviously the dream would be to have, you know, let's say in a marriage, two people that are committed to that same process. Yeah. And I, I've seen that work and I've, I've also seen where one or both, but more, more often than not, one person is really struggling to embrace that. And, but it's an invitation to learn how to do that. Because, well, yes. Yeah. Just to like share a little bit of my own story, Jeff, I, and this is the first several episodes of my podcast where my husband has come on with me and we walk through burnout in marriage, burnout in renegotiating gender roles, burnout in parenting, burnout in profession, and how he and I, as a partnership, we parse all of those things out and I tell you what, I couldn't record more than one a, a week because I wanted to sleep for four hours after I talked these things because it was so yeah. heavy. It was, and part of it was because we're at a place now where we can talk about these renegotiation processes, you know, at length. But I tell you what, there were a few years there where I was on one path, Jeff, and my husband was not a fan. Mm-hmm. I was not the person he had married, and you know, like. And it wasn't like we were getting ready to, you know, we were always committed, but I wanted to sort of force his hand to grow in all these wonderful ways that I thought were just amazing. And he needed to have his own life crisis happen actually independent of me. It was a professional crisis that kind of brought him to his knees. And he talks, we talk all about it in my podcast. And then on his own terms, he started seeing and feeling in ways that helped him recognize that it was time for him to do the same journey that I was just a couple of years ahead of him on. But I couldn't, but well, I tell you what, it was a backfire. It wasn't like I wasn't succeeding. I was, it was a dismal failure actually is what it was. And I had to kind of take a step back and renegotiate myself about how I could relate to him in a way where we could really stay connected in ways where we really did see things the same still and just trust <laughs> in God and the universe that we would come back on the same page but it's scary because I see couples all the time that are not there yet. They're um, in very different places. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's terrifying because yep. we all start off. I mean, the reason we, you know, for couples, you know, nobody gets married having that sort of a massive different yep. paths or different, you know, a breach like that. Yeah. We start off because we feel like yep. we're just like, we're going yeah. the same direction and we're like the Two same person. Pod, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right? We're not celebrating differences. That comes yeah. later. That comes later if right. you really well, honor each other's journeys. But early on, you yes. think you're on the exact same journey and you're, you know, and, and the thing is, is that the couples I know that do this kind of work, and I've, I've been through a very similar process in my own marriage. I've married 25 mm-hmm. years and the same, same kind of thing where, where it's like, okay, am I going to, again, am I going to love this individual and I'm going to love their love that they're on a journey and love that I'm on a journey and that we're actually on the same commitment. We're, we're having the same journey committing to our yes. own growth and also figuring out how to grow together as a couple and get closer and letting go of that other person's journey, letting go of their process and observing it, celebrating it, honoring it yeah. and so on. It, that's that's a terrifying thing to do at times. We're, we're not actually taught how to do that. No, 
No. Well, that, there is not a lot of mentoring explicitly going on in that area at all. It's it's really more, at least I guess I'm only speaking for myself and from the the myriad of couples I work with. It's like there's a disorientation about like, wait, like you have my, you know a mind of your own, like you don't like all this, like. And I think a lot of times I know one couple that I worked with, he was struggling with his faith for 15 years before he had the courage to speak up because yeah. that's who they were. That was how they self-defined. And finally, he couldn't, he couldn't be sort of, uh, he had to take the false, the mask off and hope that she would still love him. And she did. And she does. And they're actually a closer couple than ever, although right. they actually right. straddle a line that for many couples is very challenging, but it's because he was willing to be true to himself and she was willing to honor that. And he is actually very honoring of who is what is true to her, even though they're on different sides of, of faith, which is it's a big one. But it can be done by two awake, grown up people that can tolerate the tension of what it really looks like to be a mature couple. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, and, and I always provide the disclaimer because, you know, so many people that listen to this podcast you know, they wonder like, well, what do I put up with? And I'm like, well, look, if, you know, like we talk about the four A's, if there's ongoing addiction, abuse, abandonment, mm -hmm. or affair going on, yeah, those are all so foundational to the safety yep. and security of the relationship that that's a very, that's a different conversation. That's not that's like, oh, breaking, I should embrace yeah. that person's journey in addiction right. or embrace their journey in affair, whatever. No, that's crazy talk. Well, and that's a bottom line. Exactly. Like that we, that those are bottom line behaviors that are a whole different conversation than allowing someone to individuate and live their best life. And in my mind, that's like, those are our poor adaptations that are the opposite of what I would consider grown up maturing and individuating into the best version of oneself. Those are defenses <laughs> that one is living into and they're expecting, or maybe they are, or maybe they aren't, but to expect someone to just accept what is a defense pattern that is me not looking at myself. That's the opposite of growth. And so a partner would be not living in a self-respecting way to let those things happen. Man, I'm going to frame that, put it on the fridge. I love that. Okay, good. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great definition for why those things are intolerable because they're exactly they're the exact opposite of what we're talking about. And, yes. and a lot of times, if somebody is going through that, you know, if they've mm -hmm. had an affair, addiction, abuse, whatever, they're doing those things. That's an invitation for them, like you said, to start to grow up and to learn well, from that and then embrace the stuff we've been talking about for the past hour. Well, yes, Jeff. And I think this, this is where I think it really matters is in my mind, again, we both do a lot of marriage counseling. It's not about the affair is really, that's the smoke alarm that something yeah. is going on. That is the burnout behavior. In that person. The addiction is the burnout behavior in the person suffering. So those bottom line behaviors are the thing that wakes that or should can potentially wake someone up to the reality that something has got to give Yep. or they're going to implode very important relationships, including their own relationship with themselves and, the, and their inner divine and the cosmic divine God. And so in other words, those are not, I don't think the fact that they're having those problems should be, how do I say this? If that is going on, but it is a wake-up call and one uses that as an impetus to heal, that is something that can strengthen the relationship. If that is something yes. that they yes. persist in or are using as an excuse or insist on not growing, then that of course is not something that is acceptable, right? It's, it's again, it's the question of what do they do when the wake-up call comes with those yeah. maladaptive yeah. behaviors that hurts one's soul 
and one's relationship. Yep. Beautiful. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's a choice. It's a choice. A lot of yes. people are like, well, you know, I didn't I didn't mean to be abusive. I didn't mean to have the affair or whatever, but it's like, okay, now what? <laughs> right. What are we going to do? And again, so, it's not about it's not ever about what it's about, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the addiction is only waking us up to the fundamental poverty of the soul. Mm-hmm. The addiction is trying to treat. Mm-hmm. The affair is waking us up to the poverty of the soul that should wake the individual up to what is it that they're trying to find out there mm-hmm. that can't be found out there with a, with a partner that they're committed to or the outside of it, it's nobody is going to be able to do the thing that what that needs to be healed from within. And once they get that, they don't have the appetite to go out and be unfaithful because they're trying to live a life of integrity. And that's really what grown up <laughs> maturity is. I'm trying to be a decent human being who lives an integrity based life. And so I won't go out of my marriage. I don't want to use drugs. I don't want to look at porn. I don't want to do those things because I'm trying to keep myself in touch with my inner divine. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that motivates us that then, of course, just by default, blesses the marriage, blesses yeah. our parenthood, blesses our profession because our energy is different. We're living into who we like our true potential. Yeah. Beautiful. I love, I love what you're saying. I love the way you phrase it. And I think it just invites, I hope if you're listening to this and you've been betrayed by any of these things, that, that what Valerie just explained can help you recognize you didn't cause that. Yes. That this is hopefully placing the responsibility back where it belongs so that you can understand that that person across from you has a big journey to figure out. And you obviously have to figure out what you're going to do in response to that. That's your decision. That's your growth. That's your, you know, you need to look at that stuff. But this is where couples work and kind of the relational work around these things is not going to be the one thing that fixes them out the gate. There's a deep individual commitment on both sides to say, okay, this is going on. This is happening. We discovered this, or this is, you know, this is the new reality that I'm just learning about. How am I going to respond to it? Whether I'm the one struggling with it or the one affected by it. And I love what you're saying. It's an invitation to grow up. Yes. All of it is. All suffering, all addiction, all infidelity. It all is. It's all an invitation. All of those things simply are just signposts of where we need to grow up and come into contact with who our potential self is. Beautiful. So Valerie, you have a podcast. I do. Yes. I have a podcast and an online community. The podcast is... Gosh, they're just slightly different names. The podcast (laughs) is is Generation Exhausted. And the community is exhaustedgen.com, where I am live weekly with community members offering masterclasses, doing live coaching sessions. And I just do more of what you and I have been talking about on an individual level with community members, Jeff. So I'd love to invite anyone and everyone to come on and check it out. I love it. Yeah. And I'll put links in the show notes so people can find that. So yes, that's great. I love the work you're doing in this. And, and hopefully uh, for those of you listening, you can see that you know, Valerie's definitely going to support the bubble bath, but she's going to take you a little further. <laughs> she's going to have you put bath. your clothes back on and get to work, right? <laughs> you, you, you said it perfectly well. I am a big fan of a bubble bath, by the way. I do not want to talk those down at all. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not going to stay yeah. soaking in there and hiding from the work that needs to be That's done. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Very well said, Jeff. I love it. Thank you so much for jumping in here today and sharing all this well, well-earned wisdom and your transparency and vulnerability and example around the work you're doing. It's just, uh, it's encouraging to me and supportive. And I, I hope that uh, our listeners can feel that, you know, that they're in good company, that we're all doing very similar work. 
Thank you. I have loved our time together, Jeff. And I think you and I are both trying as best as we can to just help people see that, you know, we're right there with them. That's right. We're all, we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and trying to become the most whole human beings that we can be. So it's a good gift. Yeah. Thanks, Valerie. You're welcome. You can learn more about Valerie and the great work she's doing and check out her new online community, Generation Exhausted. You can find this website. You can find her at exhaustedgen.com, exhaustedgen.com. Thanks, Valerie, for jumping in and joining me on the podcast today and sharing such great wisdom. Just really loved hearing from you. And it's just so fun to talk to you about these things, going beyond just the standard discussions that we often talk about when it comes to burnout and stress management. And as always, I love hearing from all of you. Please drop me a line. Let me know what you're up to. Let me know what's helping you, what is working for you. I love the feedback I get from this community about the podcast all over the world. People telling me how certain interviews really help them and resonate with them and are making a difference in their life. And because this uh, podcast is one of, who knows, millions of other podcasts, sometimes people don't know the stuff's out there. So you can help. And you can help by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcast. So please just pause this for a second and go take care of that. It really does help push it to the front so people can find this life-changing information. These interviews and these resources are so good. And I just love knowing that other people are going to discover it and get the help that they need. And as always, I love hearing from you. So stop by on social media, drop me a direct message or just say hi. And you can also find me on my website, And there's so many resources I'm creating all the time from crisistoconnection.com, online courses. I've got a lot of cool things in the works right now, a betrayal trauma course, another marriage and family course, parenting course. And then of course I am, hey, see what I just did there? I'm building courses, of course. (laughs) My kids would appreciate a nice dad joke occasionally. So they roll their eyes at me all the time. So, but I've also, I'm also working on some other really cool things to bring a community together myself and really create a place for people to heal and have a lot more ongoing support. So just some cool things coming down the pipeline and just love that you guys are on this journey with me and that we can all work together to create resources and support for families and marriages that need good information and good support. Thanks everyone for listening every single week and I'll see you guys in the next episode. 